Welcome to episode 39 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 4. We are one spirit, one heart, and together we are creating a library of stories. I am your host Hamida and I want to bring you stories because stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Listeners, before we start this episode, here are some reminders I haven't given to you in a long time. For those of my listeners who uh, use Apple Podcast, could you please post a review and rate the show? This will help potential listeners to see if this is something that is interesting for them. For those using Spotify, Anchor.fm or Amazon Music, please follow Sharing Life Lessons. For those who want to show additional support, you can go to anchor.fm backslash sharing life lessons and click on the support button with a dollar sign. You will be able to sign up for a monthly subscription of an amount of your choice and as low as 99 cents per month. That being said, today we are going to talk about career paradigms. Whether you are a student in college and trying to figure out where your first job is going to be or you're a young professional and really good at what you're doing, really skilled at the place that you are working at, but somehow your heart is not in it. Whether you are a mid-level or a senior manager and have had a wonderful, successful career, but still feel that something's missing and you can't put your finger on it. How do you use your career paradigms in all of these scenarios? Let's talk to our guest today. Our guest today is the mastermind at The Career Leap. The Career Leap is a set of curriculums designed to ground people and organizations in their values, align with their missions, and ignite their leadership. Everybody, let's welcome Misha Rubin. Misha. Welcome to Sharing Life Lessons. It is so great to reconnect with you after so many months, actually maybe more than a year. So welcome to the show. Hi, Hamida. Great to see you. I'm happy to be here. Great, great. Misha, can you please start us off by telling us something about yourself? So my name is Misha Rubin. I, hmm, something about me. I don't even know where to start. I am a, a parent of three adoptive children. I just completed a management consulting career for 15 years. I was a partner at Ernst & Young. I released a music album before I had children. I'm on the board of Worldwide Orphans, which is an amazing charity. Yeah. Is is that a good list to... Yes, that absolutely is. And three children, how old are they? My kids. So my twin about to turn seven and the boy's about to turn 10. Oh, that's such a good age. That could be a separate podcast there. <laughs> I know we can have a podcast on parenting adoptive children. Yes. Uh, Misha, tell us your story. As I mentioned, I recently completed my 15-year career as a management consultant. I had a, a fabulous career at Ernst & Young. And before that, I worked in financial industry and I worked in banks and a few other consulting firms. And in the past year, I decided that it's time. It's time to dedicate my life, my time, my energy, my effort to projects that I'm really inspired about, the projects that align with my values, with my mission in life. 
And I started a few ventures, most of them in educational space. But today I want to talk about one of them. I, I wanted to share with you about the career leap. Yeah, before we go there, Misha, okay. for those who are in the middle of their careers and, and they feel like they do want to pivot, mm-hmm. just like you did. Can you tell us what was it like? How did you know that you wanted to pivot? Was there a trigger or how did you know this was the time? So I think inside of us lives like this compass. And for some people, it lives really deep. For some people, they could feel it more. And the compass is something that's in a way directing us towards meaning fulfillment and satisfaction like in our careers and that it guides us but because it's so buried so deep and very often it doesn't have language surrounding it so it's very abstract most people not all but a lot of people they don't get a very clear sense of it they just have this either strong or subtle feeling that this is not it and I lived with that feeling pretty much from my first job. It wasn't bad. I had a great career. I had great jobs. I did some great things, but there is a subtle nugging thing. It's not it that was always living inside of me. So over my career, I tried everything. I started my career by changing jobs every two years. So that was my solution. I was like, well, this is not it. Maybe that it. So I went work for another company or, and then I tried it as, hmm, No, not it. Let's try another one. And then got to make a little bit more money at the end. And then one thing after another, I didn't even know. There was no strategy. There was no thinking. There was no why I'm doing these things apart from exploration. I tried to take, there was a period of time when I moved with one of the companies that I worked for. I lived in London for some time. And then after that, I decided, okay, let me just take a year off. And I moved to Spain. I was like, Mm -hmm. maybe now that I'll take sabbatical, I will figure out what will be it. Mm -hmm. And I still didn't figure out that I had a great time, had phenomenal time in Spain, but I still didn't figure out that was it. And then EY showed up. Actually, EY was very interesting because it's truly an exception of my career, Mm -hmm. right? So I thought it would be another two-year job, and but it wasn't the whole consulting business keeps you on your toes. And then I think there's a culture at EY that I really enjoyed and appreciated that I stayed there for 15 years. And I never intended there to become a partner or anything, but somehow one thing after another. So you back to your question. <laughs> How do you know there is time? Honestly, I don't think there is a magical thing, but there were just, I don't know, maybe it's related for me personally was related to getting older and knowing there is only that much time I have in life. Mm-hmm. And last year, my father passed away. And that was kind of another, you know, a moment of awakening and a lot of spiritual work and transformational work that I've done. I think there was just a moment that it was, was clear that this is it. That's good to know, Misha. And so now would you be able to take us through the journey into your new venture? Because you do have a new venture that you want to talk about. Yeah. It's truly a journey because there are some ideas that I had for a while. Specifically, I had an idea about when people retire, I always wondered, what do they do with their lives? Because I always thought, isn't that great opportunity? Whether you liked your job, you didn't like your job, whether you were happy, not happy, suddenly you kind of got a fresh start 
to do something that you really want to do in life. So I thought, how do we guide those people that are retiring? That was my original idea. And then I thought, wouldn't it be great to create an educational company for people that retire? They have time, they have some money, they kind of a great audience for education. So actually, I started an educational company first. And then in the course of it, I was working with a few teachers and then I realized, well, the topics that we're covering, they're really not just for retired. <laughs> so I, I, I changed the nature of my company and it's called The Deep Leap that we're doing courses for much broader audiences on the topics of health, well-being and consciousness. Uh, what is and the name I, of the company again? I, I didn't catch it. The Deep Leap. The Deep Leap. Okay. Yeah. I was working with a lot of great teachers and suddenly one day I woke up and I literally had this method in my head on how to guide people, like exactly the question that you asked me, like those people that thinking, whether in a subtle way, whether it's in acute way that they feel this is, I'm just not doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I had a method in my head on how to guide the people. So I immediately started working with people one-on-one and then I, right now, doing my certain group class. Since then, my method evolved, it improved, it, you know, it's been refined many times, it's still refined. And right now, I work with four categories of people. I work with students, because I think it's actually the best time to inquire, where should I go to work? And I feel like if you make this first step, without thinking, you'll pay the price because you invest into your skills, into experience, and then people feel very attached to them and they continue in a particular trajectory. That is very interesting, Misha, because I think just exactly what you said, and with my experience too, we kind of fell into our first jobs. Yes. I did not give it a thought. I didn't say, oh, these are my skills. And so now let me go seek the right job for me. It was just it just came to me. And so I see where you're taking this with the students. Well, I think it's also like as an immigrant, right? So I came to the United States, I was 20. So I was like in the middle of the college. And there's, I don't want to call it pressure because nobody pressured me, but there's a particular mentality that you live around about, hey, you have to go get your degree and start making money. The faster, the better, the more, the better. So it definitely <laughs> influenced me. Mm -hmm. So I actually wish somebody held my hand and said, Misha, just pause. There is no need to rush. You will have time. You have the rest of your time to do all these things. You can work, you can be successful, you can make money. You, you can do all these things, but think about why, where would you like to do it? I, I never really thought about these questions. Mm-hmm. And then for a lot of people, it's also true. We fall into a particular profession or particular job. And then the paradigm of our current society is that we think about our career or next job based on a skills and experience mindset. Meaning, these are the things that I know how to do. These are the experience that I had. Let's look for the job that's aligned with that. So if you haven't experienced a sense of meaning and fulfillment in that paradigm, then you won't. But there is like a vicious cycle that we keep. So we get, that's what I did for the first 
this, this, let me get another job, then I got another job. But that, it's all within the same skills and experience paradigm. And it had some diversity, but it was in the same mindset that kind of kept me trapped, but keeps a lot of people trapped when they think about what it is they want to do. And then on the other side of this equation, there are these other people that say, you have to follow your dream. You have to follow your dream. And like, what does it mean? Like, what if I don't know what is my dream? And then I felt stuck between, if I knew what was my dream, maybe I would go and do it, but I wasn't clear what's my dream. And then I knew what I could do and how I could do it. That's my skills and experience. So that's where the stuckness happens for a lot of professionals. So that's why, so sorry, I'm going back to what I started. So I work with students. So because I think it's the perfect time to think about these things. I work with professionals in a mid-career. That's really amazing. I think most professionals don't realize that a lot of their experiences actually is much more transferable than they give their credit. And that skills, I think about skills as clothes, right? So clothes gets out of fashion and gets worn out. But if you really need new clothes, you go buy new clothes. So to me, skills are on the low, it's not like they're not important. Of course they're important, but they on the lowest uh, level of this pyramid, then they're your experience that are transferable. And then I also work with leaders. So I work with students, professionals, leaders, and people who are retired or planning to retire. I'm very interested in how you hold their hand and take them through this journey. Like, how would you break this paradigm for them? I create a new paradigm that I call values-driven paradigm. So I talked a little bit about the values as this compass. For humans, if something doesn't have language, it's very abstract for us and very non-specific, we can't really apply it in life. Most people cannot. So what I work with people is actually to articulate their career value statement. So for instance, my career values are making a difference, clarity, and self-expression. So I work with people for them to get clear about what are their values. And the values, it's something that already sits inside of them. It's not something they create. It's not an aspiration. It's not something they want to be. It's literally something that's inside of them. It's innate to who they are right now and this particular moment. So the second pillar, I call it foundation, is your strengths. So in a lot of corporate structures, there is a lot of focus on strengths and weaknesses and plans around how to improve your weaknesses. But fundamentally, you want to be building your career around your strengths and knowing your strengths is very important. I think strength is actually the ingredient for success. So now we have value. So I usually say values should define where you should work. Your strength should define what you should do. And then the third piece, I call that personal considerations. So that could be related to how much money you want to make or flexibility you want to have or whether you want to travel or not travel or be famous or whatever it is, whatever other things you want. And I think these three things are really innate to who you are, your strength, your values, and your personal consideration. And that's the paradigm in which we build what I call the career leap map. So the career leap map is really a list of ideas of where and what you could be doing. 
This is so intriguing and so different than the way most people are used to thinking about their careers. But here's my interesting thought behind this. So yes, you get your clients or whoever you speak to, you get them to think about their career value statement. But are you finding that the corporates themselves have a clear value statement for themselves? And if not, how are you making that match? No, that's a great question. So nowadays, everybody has values, at least, no, no, let me put this the other way. It's not that they have values. Everybody says that they have values. So one of the things that I train people is not only understand their values, but also understand the values of their organizations, of other organizations, of leaders. It's like a muscle that you build. And listen, right now, there's so much public information about leaders and companies and people, their TED Talks and tweets and there is just so much information Mm, that a lot of leaders so when my students build their career leap map we really explore from your current job current department current company current industry to all other industries like we go very wide in exploring what could be more aligned with your values where it could you could influence the values of your department or organization where you could find people, leaders that are aligned with your values. So you go through this inquiry and research exercise to explore. I think what's really challenging for everybody is to live their values, even if you know what they are. So one of the exercises that I ask my students is how they can live their values at their current jobs. Because most of the times it's not like we're not happy with our jobs. What's happening is that our values are not being fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes it's actually our fault, not the job's fault. Some place we saying that our values acts, but we not fully playing it out at the current job. So, so I'm not here on a hunt and shame somebody, but I want people to develop the muscle of tuning into the values of leaders, of departments, of organizations, of industries, and make their choices based on that. Misha, tell us one of your success stories. One of my students came, she's an architect, and she was so upset with the whole industry of architecture. She wanted to leave architecture. And by the end of our session, she said, you know what? I actually don't want to even to explore other industries. I am in love with architecture right now. Because once we got to her values and once we looked at everything that's happening in the field of architecture right now, she found so many places that so aligned with her values and why she became an architect in the first place. Very nice. And did she change companies or did she find that she could play out her values in the same company that she was? I think the latest that I've heard, she didn't change the company, but she was very excited about the exploration. So far, my courses last like a month, maybe a month and a half. Uh So it's a short period of time to sometimes to make a huge change, but it sets up a foundation for you to go and make changes further. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of that with us, Misha. And with all of this and talking to many, many uh, different kinds of people, students, professionals, leaders, Tell us what life lessons you learned along the way. So one thing that I do in the exercise uh, with my students 
is they so they developed this career leap map with a lot of ideas of where and what we could, they could be doing and then we pick two leaps one is i call it a pragmatic leap does the one that's aligned with your personal considerations whether mm -hmm. it's money or flexible like it's very pragmatic but it still could be a leap it could be you can do the same thing like for instance i worked with this woman who works in financial industry and does financial reporting. And then one of the industries that was aligned with her, you know, her values was the industry of education and, and also an industry of hospitality. So one of the examples of the leaps that people could do is doing similar thing, but in another industry. And in my philosophy, where you work is way more important than what you do. Because once you're in that industry, you can identify a lot of other opportunities and do some other things once you're there. Okay, but the second leap that we pick with people is what I call idealistic leap. So this is the leap that's not pragmatic, that doesn't have a clear path or clear answer or might not be aligned with all other things that are important to you. So this is what I learned for myself. I'm teaching everything that I'm doing myself. So for instance, me building this company and this method of education is a little bit like that. It was very idealistic leap. It wasn't something that I done in the past or something that I had ideas how to do it, but I never really taught people in this particular way. I never built a business like that. So the way I teach people is sometimes when we have a vision for something that we really want to do. And then when we look at the gap between where we are and what we want, it seems so massive. Mm -hmm. It just seems that it's impossible to close. And that that gap keeps us, I call it justify paralysis. It's almost like, well, of course, I'm not even going to try because it just, the gap is so big and it just really feels so justified. So one of my lessons that I teach others, but also that I've been learning for myself, what's important is to take the first step towards the direction of that particular goal. Just take step where you can actually close the gap. And then you go, you take that first step and you close the gap and you see what happens. And that what could happen that you might actually change your goal. You might say, okay, I thought I wanted to go there, but based on what I know now, maybe I want to go a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left. And then you take the next step and you do another step towards that new goal and see where it takes you. And then now what's possible that you will fail, that it, none of it's going to work, that it's absolutely, there is no guarantee in any of this. But for me, my biggest fear in life is that on the deathbed, I would be like, listen, I really wanted to try to do that and I didn't do it. So that <laughs> scares me the most. Like they say, you can't travel the world if you don't leave your village. Exactly. So I tell people that they, have, they might have dreams, that they've hidden under many locks, they may have some very non-realistic idea, but some things they could be very passionate about and really want to accomplish them. And I always tell them, and that's my lesson for me and the lesson that I share with all of this, take the first step and then see what happens. And then take another step and see what happens. Very pertinent and profound life lesson for especially the current times, because as we know, so many things are changing. And this is going to become an era of change. Mm -hmm. 
And so this is the right time to even try things out because the whole world is in this momentum of change and doing things differently. This is the time that has been given to you to even take those baby steps that you're recommending. There is no better time than now. This like we are in the very beginning of the massive change. I think what happened with quarantine is that it accelerated the change in our society about, I would say between 10 and 20 years. The thing is that technology was already there to do a lot of things that we're doing, but the mentality wasn't there about, for instance, remote work or remote education or many other things, or even online shopping. (laughs) All these things are not like new things. None of them were new. Mm -hmm. But suddenly the shift, the mental shift that happened in people's minds really accelerated the change. And we can say, is it a good change? Is it a bad change? But I'm not in the business of judging the change. It's just, I'm just saying there is a change. Correct. The change always will come with pains because some jobs will go away. Some skills will become irrelevant. Whole industries might not survive and there will be, it comes with pain. But change always comes with, immense opportunities. So I would say there is no better time than now to go and say, so what would I want to do? Well, the other important factor, I would say that 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, when people were going to college, and even if they paid a lot of money, would have seemed a lot of money then for college, it they thought they were getting career for the rest of their life, that they thought that's their investment for the rest of their life. What we know right now that most likely than not, even my generation has more than one career and I can see that around me. But when I look at generation, even like 20 years younger, I think they will be forced. They will have to have multiple careers in their lifetime. So then there is even more need for guiding because you don't choose that career only once. You will have to choose your career many times So many times you need to be grounded in something. And that's what I want people to have. I want them to get clear about who they are so they're grounded in their values and make good choices for themselves that will bring them meaning, fulfillment, and satisfaction. Misha, thank you for that really good story and also the very practical tips And like I said, this is very pertinent. So I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. If there is anything that I haven't asked you, or if there is a final message that you want to give to the listeners, this is your chance. This is my chance. Hmm. I just want to say, I know that for some people, it's a really hard time. I know that some people are really struggling and suffering. I want to acknowledge that. And some people forced to rethink their career. Some people actually just had time on their hand to rethink their things. I just want to say, regardless where you are, or you could be actually, I just spoke with somebody who thinks, listen, I have a great job and I know this is not it. So you could be in any of those places that you don't lose the momentum, that the things will be happening really fast. So you better be prepared for your next moves. There is no better time to be prepared than now. Great. Misha, do you have a website or do you have any links that I can put in my show notes for the listeners if they want to get in touch with you for the training? Yeah, absolutely. So thecareerleap.com. That's where you will find all my programs related for students, for professionals, leaders, and retirees. 
Great. And listeners, all of that is going to be in my show notes. Thank you, Misha. My Uh, pleasure, Hamida. Thank you for inviting me. Great reconnecting with you. Listeners, I hope that this discussion with Misha was as informative for you as it was for me. As always, here are my key takeaways. One, skills you have are on a lower level of the pyramid versus the experiences you have gained. Like new clothes, skills can be bought or attained. Your experiences count and are always transferable. Two, your strengths, your values, and your personal considerations become innate aspects of your career paradigm. Three, if the gap between where you are and where you want to be in your career or even in your personal life is too big, then take one step at a time towards your goal instead of justifying to yourself that you can't get to it. Take the first step and see what happens, and then take another step and then see what happens. And lastly, change always comes with a lot of opportunities. And so my two cents are, the opportunities are there. The time has been given to you to rethink and reset. So I say, let's seize every opportunity. This brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you the final episode of season four next Wednesday. And I guarantee you that you will really like the episode because I am bringing you a wonderful guest to end season four of Sharing Life Lessons. Until then, be happy, be safe, and be well.